0: Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon, beautiful people, wherever you at right now, you are tuned into another Camper Chronicle Productions, this is the Bringing the Wood podcast, and I am your host, D. Wood, how y'all doing today, man, it's a Thursday over here, it's actually a nice day in the valley, sun out, but it's a little breeze, was out, out, out this morning, took my lady to work. It was it was nice. It was nice. It was nice, if I should say so. This is a nice day. Obviously, it's not going to stay like this. It will get hotter as the day uh, begins to grow. And um, for the people that live out in the valley, or live anywhere where it's hot. And I'm talking gets to the 90s and 100s on the regular. That type of heat. That's where it's at in the valley. Then you know what I'm talking about. So I enjoy this little breeze in the morning time. But again, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody is um hope everybody's being loved, man. Hope everybody felt some love, being loved, some sort of love this week. Um and if not, just know it's nothing but love coming from the Bringing the Wood Podcast to and for everybody who tunes in and supports. We're gonna get straight to it. We're gonna get into the NFL. They just had league owners meeting, broke a couple uh not broke not broke a couple rules, but made a couple rule changes. Um, that they're going to add to the NFL, a lot of them are just uh, one-year intervals, so they are just got them one-year deals, basically, to where they're going to try for a season, and then they'll come back to it, and if they want to make it permanent or make it a yearly thing or, you know, however they want to do add to it, take away, they can. So it's just a um one-time thing, one-time thing. And first one is uh, what's probably one of the bigger ones, which is the flex schedule, um, the uh flexing Thursday night football. So basically, they're able to... If a Thursday night game that they already have projected there, say it's some teams that aren't good, they can move those teams out and put in two other teams in that spot. But they can't just do it willy-nilly. They actually set it up and made it to where they only can do it from weeks 13 to 17. So they can't start flexing schedules to week 13 to 17. That way, by the time week 13 comes, we'll know who has the good records, who has bad records. We'll know what games are going to mean what. So... That's, that's kind of why it's 13 to 17. And they only can do two flexes per season. So they only can flex two games. So some games, if, it's, if, if from weeks 13 to 17, every Thursday game sucks because of record-wise, they only can flex out two of those. So we'll still get a bunch of potentially bad Thursday games. So they only can move two of those. And a team needs 28 days notice. So we need to know 28 days in advance. Um, so that the players and uh, teams can uh, adjust accordingly to moving up the schedule because practices change now. Um, Game planning changes. Everything moves around when you move from a Sunday to a Thursday. Everything gets amplified because, you know, because that's what will be happening. You would probably be playing on a Sunday in an early window, and now you're going to get moved to a Thursday because your game has primetime applications. Applications, however I'm trying to say. Y'all know the word I'm trying to use. But, again, it's only effective for the 2023 season. It's a test run just to see if they like it, they can keep it. If not, they scrap it. If they want to make it more weeks, more um, flexes, um, it all comes with times. But, again, the uh flexing Thursday night football is officially uh, a, a rule for this season. Also, Green Bay is to host the 2025 NFL Draft. Um think that's pretty dope. They've never, uh, this will be the first draft ha- held in Lambeau and they said it's going to be inside, uh, Lambeau stadium, outside Lambeau stadium and around the uh, area, um, of Town. So I think that's going to be a super dope experience to bring it, bring the, uh, draft to the first city of football, you know? So, um, I think that's going to be pretty dope. Might have to, uh, and that's 2025. Might have to look into that. I got a mom and two homies who, uh, are all Packer fans, so maybe we set them up and get them down there so they can be a part of that legendary moment. So it's going to be dope. That's going to be pretty dope. So shout-out to the Packers for being able to land that, um, to to land that, uh, you know, honor of being able to host the Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl, but the uh, NFL draft. Uh, another rule they made, a um, lot to do with what happened last year with the Niners. Uh, the NFL proves an emergency quarterback. So now teams can carry three quarterbacks without it actually affecting your 53-man roster. So now I guess you technically can have 54 so they can let you keep three quarterbacks. So you get to keep a third quarterback without having to cut a player or move a player to your practice squad. I think that helps out tremendously all the teams. Obviously, we've seen what happened with the Niners having to bring in Josh Johnson um, off the street when in this situation, they would have had a third quarterback on the roster still um, who they were able to play, who would have been here getting reps the whole time. Um, once both quarterbacks Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance had got hurt last season so this helps out all teams though everybody needs multiple quarterbacks now you know injuries happen Um, you got COVID protocols still happening so you know uh, anything can happen um, in this league so you definitely want to be prepared and quarterback is the most precious position um, and one of the most uh, critical positions is the backup quarterback. And now we have learning that the third-string quarterback is also valuable as well. So I think this helps out. Everybody everybody needs this. Uh, again, third quarterback without burning a roster spot. I think that's a good one. Also, another rule, new kickoff rule, which if you watch college football, they just took this from college, which they said in their presser, they got it from college, they got their numbers from college, and the analytics show it was safer to do this. And now... Anytime you fair catch a kickoff return, uh, you can put it out to the 25. So um, I don't know if y'all was paying attention. Last year, it was a lot of pooch kicks by kickers because kickers are talented. Uh, kickers are players. And uh, they were just, instead of just booting out the back of the end zone with them moving the kickoffs forward, because that's what they did. They moved the kickoffs forward in hoping to get more touchbacks, less kick returns, less helmet to helmets, less concussions. Most concussions and injuries come on special teams, so they don't want to take special teams out. Because it's a big part of the game, but they want to be able to control it uh, the best way you possibly can. So, um, again, they're going to make it to where if you fair catch it and it's not in the end zone. So now if a kicker is kicking the ball to the one yard line to where they were making the return after return it, uh, he can wave his hand like a punt return, fair catch. Get a fair catch, they walk it out to the 25. So there's no more pinning guys back. I mean, some guys are going to still be up for the Mustang Challenge. There are some great returners in this NFL who still going to make you pay for even giving them a chance to return the ball. But again, you got some teams with great quarterbacks who now only got to go 75 yards to get into the end zone. Um, You know, two 30-yard passes or a 30-yard pass, and all of a sudden you're at midfield almost. So um, it's definitely uh, a plus- for uh, quarterbacks and offenses that are very, very good, you you get damn near guaranteed start at the twenty-five yard line, and uh, you know helps prevent less concussions on special teams. Um, it's just another trait for special teams coaches that have to figure out another loop, um, to get around and make it work. Will we start seeing more squib kicks? you know, but then you don't want to squib it and it don't go far enough. And then you got teams starting at the 40, 45. So I don't think it's a chess match. And again, it's all for the betterment of the players. Health and safety is everything. So um, I definitely don't think uh, it's a bad thing at all. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing who, what teams are going to utilize it. And I more so think the teams with better offenses and potent offenses are going to be the teams that take take heed to the fair catch and, and go ahead and uh, yeah, throw that hand up in the air, let Mahomes, let Burrow, let these guys get the shortest field possible instead of us having to work from a shorter field because a, a, a kicker is really good at pinning us back. So, uh, again, it, it's, again, this is an offensive league now. It's all about scoring points. It's all about helping the quarterbacks. So, why not? I'm here for it. It is what it is. Um, What else we got? Um, Oh, this is um, not uh, anything major or not, but Adrian Peterson came out and said he hasn't retired and he hasn't hung him up yet and he is open to an opportunity this year. And I'm not knocking it. Uh, Obviously, AP's one of the greatest running backs of our generation, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Um, And he's only 85 or 88 yards away um, from from uh, 15,000 rushing yards all time. I'm not sure exactly where that ranks on the list. I, I don't have the list in front of me uh, uh right here, right now. But he definitely, he's trying to get to that 15,000 mark. I don't mind it, you know? Running back is a devalued spot, and he's one of the last, you know, dominant running backs. He won MVP of the league, you know what I'm saying? So he's one of the last dominant running backs, the last of a dying breed, him and Marshawn Lynch, you know what I'm saying? They're the last... Uh, of the real running backs, the throwbacks. Now, obviously, we got the Derrick Henrys um, and the Nick Chubbs and the guys of that nature. But again, this is a new league, new era. They still throw the ball a lot. Um, So I definitely think that uh, AP should get a chance to go ahead and get that 15th out. I think somebody can uh, sign him and let him get you know what I'm saying? Eight to 12 carries a game. I'm pretty sure he's still in tremendous shape. It's Adrian Peterson, workout warrior. So, um, and not just a workout warrior, but just the absolute physical freak. So I'm pretty sure he's still in tremendous shape, keeps himself up. So, uh, good luck to AP. Hopefully he gets invited to a camp, you know, that would, that would definitely be, uh, uh, something dope. Um, another from one running back in Adrian Peterson, who's with not retired, who just came out and said he's not retired, to another running back who was trying to leave his team. But now they'll be working things out for at least this year. We're talking Austin Eckler. He's officially staying with the Chargers. They gave him a $2 million extension, but the extension is all incentive-based. Um, but again, I'm pretty sure he's going to reach those incentives. I'm pretty sure that's has something to do with his rushing and receiving. And he'll be another thousand thousand type of guy. Hunted catches that running back uh with a thousand yards rushing. It's gonna kill fantasy um for y'all that are into fantasy. Um but I think this is good for him. And again, he's still on the end of his deal. And when he hits the market, he'll be 28 years old. I still think he's good enough to get at least a three-year deal from somebody. Twenty-eight. I think twenty-eight and twenty-nine is still be good years for Austin Eckler. And he got a late start. And he was undrafted, so he definitely um he definitely has, has less tread on the tires, you know what I'm saying, if you get what I'm saying. So I do think that he should definitely um, have a great year this year. And I think if the Chargers don't franchise tag him two seasons in a row um, to keep him there as long as they can, I definitely think he uh, has a chance to, to definitely get a deal from a team and be a factor on somebody if he hits the open market again. But the franchise tag is just a thing they throw around. But maybe they might have to use the franchise tag on Justin Herbert because his deal is coming up as well. So we'll see. Uh, but we'll see how things play out. But Again, Austin Eckler standing in uh, L.A. for at least one more season after re-signing his deal, getting $2 million in incentives added to his deal. Um, I think that's going to be uh, very nice for him. And a motivated player is always a good player. A little bit of money in his pocket. Uh, so get your, get your get your paper, young man. Get your paper. Now we got to go to a little bit um more on the negative side uh of the NFL. And we'll start with the NFL coming out and saying they are doing a second wave of investigations of more possible gambling infractions. Um and this came out Monday morning. Um I got this and I couldn't wait to speak on this because I truly believe that if you right now today in this day and age are still gambling on the NFL you are crazy. I feel like you shouldn't gamble on anything football related as a football player. You should only I, I I don't I'm not sure how the gambling rules work. I know you can't gamble on NFL being in NFL. It obviously it's conflict of interest like. That makes total sense. And then I could see you not wanting them to bet on college as well, you know. NFL players can be persuasive on college kids. Hey man, I can hit this college kid and say, "Hey man, I'm going to give you X amount of money if you just take this game off and have a bad game. So anything is possible sounds far-fetched, but, man, money is crazy, and people will do crazy things for money. But I think, hey, if they want to gamble on baseball or the NHL or, or, or the NBA, I definitely think NFL players should be able to. And vice versa, each sport should be able to bet on opposite sports, but you should not be able to bet on your own sport. I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's that would be cool. But, again, bro, if you gamble on your own sport, it's just bad for business. Like, it's just... Not really a good look. So I truly, truly believe that if again this was Monday, today is Thursday. Maybe come Monday, if it's some players that really were out here and they get caught for this gambling, bro. Uh, I don't know what to. I don't. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to do. I just, I just shake my head at these fools, man. Cause that's that's mainly dog. Like play like, my favorite line, bro. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And, and, you know what I'm saying? We just seen it was Jamison Williams and a bunch of guys. Cut a couple guys, got cut, a couple dudes in suspended. So, ain't no telling who else is going to be Calvin really, So, we see that the tier of player expands from role players to, to potential star players. So, uh, ain't no telling. I will definitely keep my ear to the streets I definitely want to see who these guys catch if they catch anybody I'm hoping that it was false and they was just heard it was and maybe you know they was betting on some other things like that of that nature but again man this I really really hope this ain't true this is this won't be good at all um from from gambling infractions to a team that is known for their off-season infractions um they're always up to something and that's our our fellow New England Patriots They got two of their practice days took away uh, for violation. And I'm going to read it a little bit for you. Uh, The New England Patriots have been docked two days of organized team activities after violating offseason rules. Uh, The Patriots cancel an OTA schedule for Thursday and another one for next week. Um, The specific violations they don't have on here. But usually when you get um, team violations like this, it's usually for contact which means they probably had a little thud or something going on, did a little contact, and somebody caught them doing that. And that's usually how you would get those days taken away from you as such. Um, But, again, uh, right now we're still in the early off-season program, so we're only in phase three, and that only allows you to do 7-on-7, seven 9-on-7, seven, or 11-on-11 11 11 drills, but no contact is permitted. You don't get to do that. Until uh, uh, mandatory OTAs, which is next month, the first weekend in June. A lot of teams start around June, between June 5th and June 8th. So uh, that'll be when contact is allowed. But right now, it's not. And again, it's the Patriots, so we're not surprised. Belichick don't mind giving up two. Belichick don't mind giving up two non-padded days to throw in one padded day that was not supposed to be there. Again, trying to get ahead of the curve. Uh, Famous words of Eddie Guerrero. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Lie, cheating, stealing. And that's what the Patriots do, man. That is what they do. And, um, yeah, that's it's, it's, it's what they do. Obviously, they usually get caught, too, when they do it. But usually after they get caught, they've already done what they needed to do. So it is what it is. And, again, they already got the practice in. Again, and I'm just making an assumption. There's no uh, certified that says that it was a contact drill infraction. This is just me assuming that because of it. Because of what it being and losing a, uh and it being losing voluntary OTA day. So it's just my assumption. Yeah, strictly, strictly it's just my assumption. Um uh tomorrow though, I'm I g i I'm I'm this gonna be the end of the football for that. Those are my only updates on the NFL. That's really all I have. But I do wanna say tomorrow. I'm a, I want to talk a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit deeper because I just want to get into the hoop because I got a little bit of hoop things I want to talk about. Obviously, we got some hoop to talk about, and I want to get through with that. But tomorrow for Football Fridays, I'm definitely going to talk about Patrick Mahomes had an interview today, and they were talking about his contract and is his an extension, and does he want to be the highest-paid player, and he sees the way the market's going, and yada, yada, yada. And he has some interesting answers. And basically, to make a long story short so y'all can be prepared for what I want to talk about tomorrow, he basically said he chooses a legacy over money. And he goes into detail, so if y'all haven't seen it, y'all should go check it out. this to his interview um that he had with the press with the press, like after a practice. This is very uh dope and good to listen to. Um, but again, I'll talk about it more tomorrow, um, on Football Friday. But again, Patrick Mahomes just saying picking his legacy over his money. And um there's a lot of things that go into that. And again, I I'll get more and more into it tomorrow. But again, I just want to give you those brief things for uh, football, but again, we're going to switch over to the NBA. My almost said NFL. We're going to switch over to the hoop because, boy, oh, boy, uh, Lakers got swept. Boston ended up winning one, so they avoid getting swept, and they got a big one today. And We got a bunch of coaching interviews and a coaching speculations to talk about, and I'll go over them soon, right after this commercial break. It's the Bring the Wood podcast with your boy. Yo, yo, welcome back, everybody. Y'all already know what it is. It's the Bring the Wood podcast, your boy, D-Wood, and we talking NBA, and before I get into the the coaching carousel that is about to be um, of the NBA offseason and all these coaches that then just got moved and replaced or officially about to be replaced. Nobody has officially signed nowhere yet, but things are definitely heating up. Before we get to that, we got to start with Carmelo Anthony, man, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, officially retired from the league today, man. Not today, but earlier this week with a heartfelt little video to his son. Who's the future? You know what I'm saying? Um, I thought it was super dope. And um, got to give Melo some respect, man. You know, he may have not ever been the champion or MVP that, you know, his diehard fans may have wanted him to be or that other people wanted him to be. But he was a hell of a player, and he had a great career. And this guy is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, when this time comes in however many years it is for the NBA. I don't know if it's three or five years, but um, Melo will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, played 19 seasons in the NBA. He's a ten-time NBA All-Star. Six time he made All-NBA selection. He won a national championship at Syracuse in 2003, being the most outstanding player as well. Also won a scoring title. Um, uh, won a scoring title in 2012, 2013, leading the league in scoring. He also uh, finished top ten in scoring uh, uh, nine straight times from 2005 to 2014. Um, Carmelo Anthony is just an outstanding player. Uh multiple time gold medalist. Uh again, this man is a decorated player. Um, I definitely and the Knicks are considering retiring his jersey, retiring to number seven. Um, why not, man? You know, he was a solid player for the Knicks. He definitely uh got the Knicks out of their little turmoil. He was the last best thing they had since the team they just put together recently. With Randall and Jalen Brunson, who just took that step and made it to the second round. But they may retire his number. There's no guarantee yet. They're thinking about it. It's a strong support um, that they could do it. If they do, shout out to Melo. If they don't, it is what it is. Melo's still a great player. He still was a top 75 player. He also made that list um, as a top, uh, top 75 NBA player, which I also think he thoroughly deserved as well. So just shout out to Carmelo Anthony. on a great career, dog, And, um... Good luck to you on whatever your next endeavor is going to be, dog. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, uh, sky's the limit, man. And uh, you know what I'm saying? I had a great career in the league, great run. One of my most memorable Carmelo Anthony moments. <laughs> it ain't even got nothing to do with none of his play, dog. It's with him and KG got into it. Because KG says something. Uh, disrespectful to him on the court. And Melo was waiting at the team bus for the smoke. <laughs> Just just so you know, Melo, Melo was like, hey man, you ain't gonna speak on my lady and, and think it's gonna be sweet. We gon we gonna have to holler about it. And Melo really waited at the at the Celtic team bus for KG for the smoke for disrespecting this lady. But uh dog nah, must shout out to Carmelo, one of, the, one of the better scorers of our generation, dog, that can score the basketball from any form, the 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 post game, the mid-range, the three-point line. Uh, you know. Part of the crazy Denver Nuggets team with him and JR and, and and AI and those guys. And um yeah, nah, man. Just shout out to Carmelo Anthony, dog. Enjoyed your career, dog. Pleasure to watch. You and Brian had some crazy battles all the way going back to high school. So shout out to Carmelo Anthony. Now we gonna go um into the coaching carousel. But before we get to the coaches, we did get a GM to uh get clipped. The Wizards poached the Clippers' GM, which means poached, which means they hired him from under their nose, gave him a number that they couldn't refuse. And the number, I mean, they gave him control of everything. Uh, The Washington Wizards said to hire Michael Winger. my apologies, hire Michael Winger as the president. He was the GM of the Clippers. They're about to hire him as the president of... The Washington Wizards, and he will oversee the WNBA team, the Washington Mystics, and he will oversee the G-League team, the Washington Go-Go's. This man is uh about to make some things happen over there, I'm assuming. Coming from the Clippers, uh, they're not running terribly over there. I, I like the players they brought in. I didn't like them trading all those guys away, but they did have a nice squad. I think they would have been a I think they could have made it to the second round. Uh, if they don't get hurt. I don't know if they beat that Nuggets team. Now that we're watching the Nuggets team do what they do, as I'll speak on that shortly. Uh, I'm not sure if they are to beat the Nuggets team in the second round, but I definitely think they could have beat that Suns team in the first round if they were fully healthy or at least had one of uh, their big two. But I do think this is a good pickup for the Wizards. They need something over there. And, hey, if you got to give them control of everything, hopefully he can turn it all around for you uh, and make it good for y'all. But that would be um, dope. Um, and going from Washington, D.C., you'll travel up a little further north and go up to Canada where the Raptors are eyeing Steve Nash. They uh, met with the former coach of my Brooklyn Nets, um, as well as a wide range of other coaches as well. But um, Nash was uh, high on their list. They uh, actually enjoyed the interview they had with Steve Nash. Obviously, y'all know how I feel about Steve Nash. So I'm not going to speak too much on that. Right? Uh, Raptors, do whatever you may have to do with that. Um, do your on thing or do your thingy thing. Uh, Monty Williams turned down a big time money offer uh, from the Detroit Pistons, and I'm I ain't gonna say I don't know why he didn't because maybe he got some other things lined up. You know I can't speak on um you know what he's got going on, but I think that Detroit Pistons team is a good look, but I do think they need to go with a young coach. And that's not saying Monty ain't a young coach, but I think Monty now did had that sniff of the finals. He had KD and D-Buck. I think he just wants a team that's ready-made or something that's a little bit closer to ready-made. He don't want to have to build. But I do think the Pistons will have to go with some young coach, maybe go find you somebody from college or get you an assistant off one of these guys' bench that you can... Um Really groom with this roster and give him like three seasons, you know what I'm saying, to really get put his imprint on it. I think basketball that's the one thing with coaching the turnovers so, so quick. So I do think it's hard to uh, actually give a coach his worth and see what he's worth. But again, man, Monty turns down a big time money offer from the Detroit Pistons. but, I mean, I guess, like I said, man, he ain't trying to he ain't trying to be a part of a rebuild. He's trying to be retooled and ready to rock and roll. He he made a finals already and was projected to make another one. So, I can see that happening. But, with the way the coaching carousel look and all the other coaches, man, I don't know if you want to pass on the opportunity because I don't know what other coaches will be fired. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know what coaches are eyeing what coaches. So, I definitely don't think he should turn down too many um, job offers. And that's just my personal um, opinion uh, on it, for real, for real. But a team that's on fire with interviews, the Phoenix Suns, man, they obviously, they got to find the right coaches to pair with D-Book and KD, and they need to come in and know what they're going to do with Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden as well, because you got to have a game plan, because we know that team isn't going to work as it's suited. We know DeAndre Aiden doesn't want to be there, and I'm not sure they want to bring Chris Paul back on a number that high um anyway uh so they've also they already interviewed um they're they're not in their final stages but again they've they've narrowed it down to about five coaches um they interviewed uh kenny atkins uh, the uh, uh, Warriors' assistant coach, ex brickland Nets coach, who I think is a fantastic coach, and I think if he takes one of these jobs, I think he will be a successful coach and uh, bring a team some some success rather rather quickly. Um, if I say so myself, they're also looking at Bucks' assistant coach Charles Lee, um, who's also interviewing for the Bucks' head coaching job as well. But the Suns are also um taking a look at Nick Nurse, Doc River, Nick Nurse of the. Uh, Toronto Raptors, Doc Rivers formerly of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um the Kings associate head coach Jody Fernandez and the Suns they're looking at their assistant head coach Kevin Young. Um the Suns like I said man, they have to get this right. Um because you can't you can't you can't miss this opportunity to get you the perfect coach to pair with these guys because you if you miss, you're going to Mess around, and KD gonna be gone. KD is still um um not a young cat. He's in his mid thirty, Wait, 30, 34, 35? Like, this guy's not young. So you definitely want to get the most out of him, so you're going to want to find a good coach and good coaching staff to bring around him. Maybe you guys want to look into Steve Nash. You know, he was a son. Maybe they bring in Nash and let him try again and coach Kevin Durant. Let them see how that works out. But um, I'm not truly really sure... Uh, who they're gonna go with? But the Suns definitely, again, uh, I think outside of Milwaukee, I think the Suns is definitely a very, very intriguing job as well. If you if you get the right coach, and just get the just get the right situation, and get them put in the right situation, I should say, uh, is what I want to say. But I definitely think, uh, again, between you got the Suns, you got the Bucks, who I think is the best job. You get Giannis Antetokounmpo, you get a two time MVP, you get a NBA champion, you get the finals MVP. You want to coach him, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, if they bring him back. But, again, uh, there's just a lot of things that go into finding a head coach. Obviously, you don't want to jump ship and just get anybody, but I think you want to get you a coach early so he can put his fingerprints on this offseason and get ahead of the curve because this could be a very interesting offseason. There's potential talent in this free agency pool, on potential trade uh, bait all over this league in this offseason upcoming and uh, you just never know who's going to end up on the market as well. But I do want to say, uh, again, uh, uh, it's a lot of coaching jobs open. I'm excited to see who goes and takes that Detroit job. Again, I think they got to go with somebody young, though. You think they got to go with somebody young. As far as the other teams, uh, Philly, they could probably go. I've seen they're going to look. They, they interviewed Nick Nurse as well. Um, obviously, they just let go Doc Rivers. So you go trying to find you a coach with more championship experience. I really do think they're going to shuffle. Uh, all of these coaches in the circle. Only coach that might not get hired is Booting Host, but I do think he's a very good coach as well. I think all these coaches are kind of in the same same realm, man. Like, I don't think they should have been fired, but I do think fresh face, new place is always the thing. I said the NBA is a quick turnover place. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, if you want me a ship, when can you win me the next one? It's like, all right. So that's just how, how Hoop goes. Um, but one coach that ain't getting fired, but it's going to have a lot. Of offseason things to deal with is Darvin Ham. Great season for him as a first year coach to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, to get swept is not what you wanted to do. But hey, you got the broom. It is what it is. You take that, you go with it. But you got some offseason things you got to worry about. Um, you got Austin Reeves need to be paid, Dennis Schroeder on a one year deal. Um, uh, Walker on a one-year deal, Hachimura on a one-year deal. You got all these guys coming up to the end of their d- Vanderbilt as well. And now uh, you got a lot of moves that need to be made. But um, the Denver Nuggets were definitely impressive. And we'll worry about the Lakers all season when it comes. But again, uh, this is more about the Denver Nuggets advancing to the finals, man. And the Joker winning Western Conference Finals player of the game, which was obviously, even though Jamal Murray played tremendous as well. Uh, but this is the team that Joker's been waiting. This is what he hasn't had in two years. He hasn't had it. And obviously Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played well, but he's here. He's a long body. He's a taller. He can help out. He's a, a shooter. Uh, he only played nine games the last two years. He didn't have Jamal Murray the last two years. You get two of your players who are, you're supposed to be your better players on your offense. You get them back. And now you get a finals appearance and I'm excited to see who who the Joker and these guys may play, man, whether it's Boston or whether it's Miami. I think it'll make for a, a very interesting fight. Finals um, definitely is going to be different styles of play as well. But, man, the Joker is one of one right now. Again, I'm still an Embiid fan. I still like Embiid. But the Joker is playing on another level right now. And whoever comes out of the East is going to have their hands full dealing with him and Jamal Murray. And uh, the team just feeds off of those guys. Mike Malone's a hell of a coach. He's got a coaching staff full of coaches' kids. Damn near Mike Malone's whole staff, these ki- these, his coaching staff, half of his coaches' dads, played in the NBA, coached in the NBA. So it's just a great staff, great coaching staff. Great story. Again, Joker, two-time MVP, not getting it this year. Makes the, makes the finals now that he's not the MVP. You know, it's just a little less, maybe it's just a little less pressure. But, again, I think he's got his guys with him now. And, um... That's what it looks like when a 1-seed plays a 7-seed. Now, obviously, it looks different on the other end with a 2-seed playing an 8-seed uh, as far as Boston and Miami. But I will say the Lakers didn't go lay down. They didn't lay down. They tried to win damn near every game. They just kept coming up short, played a better team. Um There's nothing they can do, you know what I'm saying? The Nuggets, now looking at it, you see the way they dismantled the... uh 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 Timberwolves in the first round. You see how they dismantled the Suns. You think it was all fluke? And then they go out and do what they did to the Lakers, who again had a tremendous run, upset it. The Grizzlies and the Warriors uh in the first two rounds, obviously falling short. But you got uh uh an amazing season. Ham showed that he is uh a tremendous coach and uh he he made adjustments throughout the playoffs, maybe some a little later than others. But I definitely, definitely think that uh, he, he's an upside, and they definitely picked a good guy to have. Um, I guarantee Milwaukee wish they still had him on their bench because he'd be their coach right now with them firing booting hosts. Uh But, again, um, uh, we'll see what they have in store for the offseason. But uh, uh, the Denver Nuggets, tremendous, tremendous team. But we got a game today. And, again, uh, Boston avoided the sweep by winning a big game in Miami, big-time game for Jason Tatum. Um. Again, I still think they shoot too many threes. Jalen Brown went 0 for 7 in that game as well. But you had Al Horford make some threes. You had Marcus Smart make some threes. Uh, Derek White and, and Malcolm Brown didn't make any, but Derek White hit some threes as well. Hold on. Y'all know how that go. But again, I definitely think that uh, Boston, again, they're at home now. In Boston, Five thirty 30 day on TNT. Woo! Uh, If Boston wins, again, there's no pressure on Miami, man. All the pressure's on Boston. Pressure don't get on Miami until they get back home, if they get back home to game six. But here's the thing about Boston. Boston has lost They're 0-3 in their game fives right now, or 0-2 in game fives, because this is the third series. They're 0-2 in game fives on their floor. So I'm not sold that they're going to go out and win this game at home. They've lost at home, the most out of every team in the playoffs this postseason, uh, up until, you know, the last team's just last, cause there's it's only three teams left, but, uh, up until the last, you feel me, even the start of the last round, Boston had lost the most games at home in the playoffs, so, uh, there, again, this is still a winnable game, he'd already won two in Boston, so we know it's winnable, and, um, but again, man, uh, if Boston can get some home cooking, again, they're going to need role players to play well. They're going to need Al Horford to play better. He can't go 0 for 6 from three-point line. They're going to need Marcus Smart to be a pest on defense and be an irritant to either Struess or Caleb Martin. You can't let those guys come in and get – Caleb Martin can't come off the bench and get 17. Max Struess can't lead the team in scoring. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like that. And I think that Robert Williams has to dominate the boys, dominate the paint. And I think Boston just needs to get the, the all the role players need to help out because I truly believe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should show up. Stop shooting so many threes, please! It's going to be the death of you guys. Again, obviously that ain't has something to do with Joe Mazzula. I don't think he has enough oomph to challenge these dudes. But I got some other things I'll talk about tomorrow. Again, when I just when it's when I'm uh more free to talk. And it's not no game today. Won't be no game tomorrow. It's an off day for sports tomorrow. So I'll have more of a roundtable talk. And I got a bunch of uh, topics and things I want to talk about as far as the offseason pertains to the NBA offseason coming, potential finals matchups, and all kinds of little things that I'll go over tomorrow. But this is a big game for Boston, bro. If Boston loses game six, I mean, game five on their home floor to Miami. They would have lost all their games at home, bro, in this series. I don't think that would be a good look. Hold on, let me swing this water. I don't think that would be a good look at all. Not a good look for them. So, I definitely think they got to come in here um, with some sense of urgency. For real, for real. With some sense of urgency. And they got to go out here and, and, and get be aggressive from the dribble. And make it happen, dog. Or are they going to go home? And I don't think they want to go home. I do think if they go home early, I think possibly they could blow up the team. And, again, we just seen the team go to the finals last season. So I don't think the team needs to be blown up. But but I could see them blowing it up if it goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I hate that things of that nature happen. But it's the it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the league. So, uh, again, I told you all I'm a Duke, blue devil through and through. So, obviously, I'm rooting for Jason Tatum to somehow pull this off and be the first person to ever come back from an 0-3 deficit to make it to the finals, to, to win a series, let alone be the series to make it to the finals. But, again, bro, ain't nothing like an underdog story. And uh, Jimmy Butler, what he's got these guys doing and how hard these guys play for him and Coach Bostra, this is the perfect underdog story um to take into a finals. And it would be two finals for Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler... And again, this is more questions I'll go to tomorrow, but this is just something to leave on my listeners. If Jimmy Butler makes it to another finals, they don't even got to win it. If Jimmy Butler makes it to a second finals, where would you put him ranked in NBA players? Who would he jump? Would he jump players? Where would, you, would he be a top 10 player in the league? Because I don't think anybody has Jimmy Butler in their top 10 players, and that's not a knock on Jimmy Butler. But now that he'd have been to two finals, obviously, whether he wins or loses, going will have a big merit on it uh but we'll save that for a little time but if Jimmy Butler makes it to another finals this year and performs as well as he's been performing all year whether they win or they lose does he become a top 10 player in the league um it's just something I'll leave on your brands. I know I'll have a few people who are thorough listeners of the show hit me up and give me their early answers so that'll be fun but I definitely think that's gonna be interesting again man 5:30 today heat Celtics dog game five in Boston Boston fans, y'all better be there. Y'all better be ready for the – be ready for it all, bro. They're going to come. They're trying to put y'all out. They do not want to go back to Miami for game six because if they go back to Miami for game six, now the pressure's on Miami. Once you get to game six, after being up 0-3, now the pressure is on y'all to get it done on the home court in six. And then game seven pressure's on both teams because somebody has to lose and somebody will be going home. Man, ain't this – and an exciting time to be in the playoffs, man! Oh, man! Oh, man! But nah, uh, it's gonna be exciting, dog. I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited. Um, as far as what we got in store for, for uh, tomorrow, we're gonna talk about Wim Binyama coming out and saying that uh, he wanna beat the Olympic team this year, uh, not this year, but in 2024, and, and take the gold medal. Uh, I think that's gonna be a, that's a hot topic. I wanna talk about what Jalen Green said about James Harden. Uh, potentially trying to come back to Houston. We're definitely going to talk about LeBron and everything he had to say. We're going to talk about Philly, James Harden, where he going to go. Uh, will he get a max deal? Oh, we got we got some hot takes, man. We got some hot takes. Uh, so definitely, we're going to talk about Kyrie, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and where we think he could potentially be going if he's going anywhere. I got a bunch of little things we're going to talk about tomorrow, man. John Moran situation a little bit more. So make sure you stay tuned, dog. Um This was a, a nice, sweet little something for y'all to hold on to, just to get y'all ready for tomorrow's episode, where again it's an off day, so it's gonna be more of roundtable talk, open discussion. No, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna let it fly, let it fly. And you hear the word we, because yes, I I I think there will be guests tomorrow. So yes, yes, yes. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. Obviously, I know I do my white thong dial, but yes, roundtable talk tomorrow. It's gonna be definitely fun. Um, again, got some big news uh, coming in, in, in the near future uh, from my from my podcast, from the Podcasters app. So just stay tuned, man. I'm, I'm trying to get this thing going. And I truly enjoy what I'm doing. And I truly enjoy that y'all enjoy it. And uh, the support that I get from everybody who listens in lets me know that I'm doing something over here. So again, thank y'all for tuning in today. Y'all, uh, you know what I'm going to say. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an enemy that it's going down, man. Love, live life in Tupac. Love, peace, and hair grease, man. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. It's your boy D Wood. And y'all already know I just brought the wood. Peace.